We're all trying to figure out how to, to tackle this big and intimidating exam. And then we do the voiceover recording. And so kind of all of those pieces were just very time consuming. And so we, we thought that it would be easier for kids to, to kind of jump into economics as in the form of a story, right? It tells a story. I sort of like uh, help distill it down to what uh, in the short term people should know and how it relates to the bigger picture that Ms. Salinas and Ms. Hernandez sort of paints about economics. This was a fresh approach to change things up and, and really challenge ourselves Trying a project like this um, is that can energize your teaching all the way around. Hello, my name is Jose Alvarez. I'm here with Kari Austin. And today, for our 10th episode, the last of our first season, we're here to talk about the Iconic Project, a project of videos based on uh, AP economics, which is a subject I know nothing about. So in this uh, last episode of our, of our first season, we're going to hear about how two teachers are changing the way they deliver content to their students. So in particular, as Jose said, they're, they're AP economics teachers. But these teachers identify two or three main issues um, with their class and their, and their content. So one was the preferred way that students are consuming content in 2019. And number two was the impossible amount of content that needs to be covered in an AP course, which is advanced placement. And just to give a little background, it's, um, you know, you score a certain score on the advanced placement test, you get college credit. And number three is they did some research and through students' feedback, there wasn't anything really out there in the market, whether it's YouTube or Khan Academy. And so they put all that together and they want to create high quality uh, content for students. And, and these videos that they are doing, I think that... I love the fact that their input came from different professionals from our school and just not only students and not only teachers but facilitators and then this kind of project glued together a bunch of different disciplines and uh, a bunch of people different strengths and um, it's quite a good looking Frankenstein. Yeah, it's a really beautiful example of I guess like um, well you'll see interdisciplinary um, you know cross-curricular work but also collaborations between teachers and students working on a, on a finished product. So. I think that's really cool. Um, so take a listen. I hope you enjoy. This is Iconic. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for being with us today. Do you want to introduce yourself to our audience, which is probably like eight people, but <laughs> it's an audience. Um, I'm Joelle Hernandez. I teach AP Economics as well as Entrepreneurship, Marketing and Accounting here at ASFM. This is my third year here as a teacher. Uh, my name is Santiago Lopez. I am currently an 11th grade student here at ASFM and I was part of Ms. Hernandez's and Mr. Salinas, Mrs. Salinas' uh, AP Econ class. And also you were featured on episode, I think, seven, the Robotics. Robotic Eagles. Yeah, I was part of that one too. It's one of our most popular, actually. It's <laughs> glad to hear that. Yeah, I'm Elizabeth Salinas. I've been teaching here at ASFM for the past 11 years. I've been teaching AP Economics for nine years. And I'm very excited to get involved in this, this project. It was kind of a way for us to uh, change up the way we taught AP Econ. 
right, so um, we're here to speak, talk about the Econic Project, I believe. Can you just give us a, a, an idea of uh, how the Econic Project came to be or, or what it is? Sure. Um, like I said, we had been seeing our students uh, change over time, right? The, the student that uh, I taught AP Economics to when I first started teaching the class nine years ago is different from the student that takes AP Econ now. And there's some important differences in the way that they study, they process material, they prepare for the class. So we're seeing a uh, marked drop in the number of kids who are reading the college text. I thought that the problem was our old textbook, the McConnell Brew uh, text. I was like, it's, it's 10 years old. It's, it's not relevant to kids. I wanted the newer uh, um, Krugman version. This guy is a uh, Nobel laureate in economics. I think he has a, a very, a much fresher approach to the content. And I was very sure that the book was going to solve our problem. <laughs> but that was not the case. So <laughs> the, uh, I don't think I'm ever going to buy another textbook again, actually, from after this experience. But we realized that kids weren't prepared for, for class. We felt it an enormous uh, amount of lifting that we had to do to uh, get, get the content out to them. And we started um, thinking about and talking about and talking to our students about Okay, well, how is the best way for you to learn the, the vast curriculum that you have to, like, get through in, in, a, in a year of AP economics? Okay. I think, too, that as a teacher, we can all relate to the kind of beating your head against the wall. And so I felt like this was a fresh approach to change things up and, and really challenge ourselves. Neither of us have any kind of background in YouTubing or, or producing videos, so, um, but we had the content, and I think it was really fun to challenge ourselves and and uh, start this project. I'm just going to ask a question because I don't know if we, we explained it yet, and we might do this in the intro, but um, you're talking about how um, students consume content differently. That, that's what it sounds like, right. kind of exactly. the inspiration. So can you kind of explain what I guess it is that you're currently doing that's different. Yeah, well, we um, our students have always, since I've been teaching the course, they have been watching uh, summary YouTube videos on uh, different specific topics. And I, 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 I totally support that. There's a huge YouTuber out there for um, AP Economics. Our kids are very grateful for the work that he does. Um, I, I like that those uh, videos for for review purposes, and so I, I think that what what I one of my frustration was I I wanted kids to read the, the the text because I wanted them to have a bigger context, not to just go in for um, a short review thing. I th I, th I thought that um, he does a great job in that, but that kids can't really learn what they need to learn um, on these short review topics. So when we started talking about okay, maybe it's a, a better way for kids to understand the content and prepare and review is if we created our own videos and the difference that we were looking um, at how can we connect ideas in in the video so that the video is not just a sort of a one-and-done thing I think that when kids use short videos it helps them in the moment but they don't remember it over the long term so our videos were a little bit uh, longer format with uh, the idea of connecting ideas across um, you know across content and and Tying into that, in, in more of a storytelling fashion, 
right? Because students, we find, and, and people in general, remember stories more than they'll remember, you know, something they've memorized for an exam. So I think that was one of the changes that we wanted to adopt too, is, you know, tell the whole story behind it, and hopefully that will help them ace the exam. So, um, recapping, you have been teaching AP economics traditionally with book. Students were not reacting positively to the content, and you talk with them and say, like, oh, no, no, the videos is the next thing, is what is getting our attention, is what we're using. Did you watch um, a couple of videos that already existed? Is there ones that appeal the most? Or you started constructing everything that they were consuming and saying, like, we can do a better product, or we want to mix these different pieces all into a new Iconic, is that the name that mm -hmm. we're, you guys are using? We, had stu we, we put it out there um, to our students. We were like, okay, um, this is what we're thinking about doing. Give us some feedback. They gave us the name, because we came up with a whole bunch of different names. And, uh, and, and they gave us the name. Um, we wanted it more than anything to be relevant to them. One of the things that really started to open my eyes, I knew they used those videos. Um, my son is studying medicine and also trying to absorb an enormous amount of content. And he just commented one day to me, he's like, I don't know how anybody became a doctor before there were videos out there. Then we combined that with some research that we had been doing, a book uh, that I read that made a big impression on uh, me about the I generation, kids that have grown up with technology in their hand and how their brains are different and how they learn differently. So we started thinking about we need to change the way that we teach um, this, uh, this class to meet their needs. What is your intake as a student? My, well, uh, I wasn't there at the start of the Iconic videos. I was sort of like part of the other students at the time. Okay. But basically, uh, during the second semester, after uh, one of the students and me, uh, Eugenio, were sort of lucky in that we'd had a previous experience with economics. And so we were a little bit uh, further uh, beyond the class and sort of like the pace we were going. And fortunately, we were able to sort of, I guess, uh, challenge sort of the exam. And since we had sort of good grades, well, we sort of took uh, a different a different role in the class. And Ms. Salinas and Ms. Hernandez sort of invited us to sort of uh, maybe help the other students with more like, uh, with sort of the approaches that we ourselves found useful and sort of use that kind of... Kind of like tutoring or just uh, like helping an academic yeah, capacity? You, you could call it sort of like tutoring, or I sort of imagined it like uh, sort of like teaching assistants in college. Okay. You know, that they already have the experience of going through the class and stuff, and so that way they are down to the level. Now, I want to ask a question on that, because what it sounds like to me is, because you said something about challenge in exam, and that's like a, an AP thing, right? Mm -hmm. um, can you explain that a little bit? I don't know if you know the details, and what, it, what does it mean to challenge an exam? Oh, well, uh, normally it's sort of uh, means that you are going to take the exam without any formal course in your school or anything. But since me and Eugenio were sort of part of the class this time, it was sort of like basically taking a mock exam before uh, it was time to actually take it. Okay. And that way we sort of could demonstrate uh, our learning so far. Okay. And since we did pretty good, we were able to help out Ms. Salinas and Ms. Hernandez with, uh, well, like other projects and with the comic. Okay. 
Yeah, we dragged them through the first semester of stuff, realizing the whole time that they had a much deeper grasp on this, and they did not need the instruction that we're doing. We started thinking about differentiation and what that could mean, and um, by the second semester, we're like, okay, if you guys what it, you guys are ready to take this test, uh, let's go ahead and let you do that. And then um, it allowed them, it freed up time for them to get involved in other projects. Yeah. They, they, they forced a humongous curriculum down your throat, and you have to be able to talk about it in the way that they talk about it, you know? It can't be the go-with-the-flow class. You absolutely have to hammer yeah, this stuff into people, it. and they have to know it. Like, the topics that you choose, like, they came out of the test this year, and they're like, well, what's the monetary base? And I'm like, okay, a little-known term, but, you know, the, the, the little thing that you didn't get to and you didn't teach, okay, they didn't, well, unless they got it for someplace, they could have gotten it from someplace else, but they're not ready for it. So it's, I've had this class, and I've been like, how can I be more creative with it? How can it be more no, engaging? How can you get, and, and, and this has been, I think, by far, every other initiative I've ever had has been something that falls flat on its face. It takes time away from the class. It, it, kids feel less prepared, and they're pissed at you that you, took, that you started something like this because you left them less prepared for the exam. Yeah. So it's it's not that easy, Tough you know. <laughs> well, yeah, they are. I'm like, well, and let's be honest with it. You guys signed up for this, not for the super awesome, engaging time that they can spend with us. You signed up for everybody is like in it for the five, you know. And yeah. if you don't prepare them for the five, you did less than your job, you know. And well, I, I, I didn't really understand the impact of that either until I talked to, I think it was Gerber who explained to me. He's like, you have to understand why kids want that five. And he said, like, that's like, that can translate to, let's say if they go to a, a top university somewhere, well, that five is turns into five to $10,000 that someone might pay for a course. At so, least, yeah. yeah. In, in our courses, because we teach both microeconomics in one semester and macroeconomics, they sit for two exams. So if you were going to go to university in the U.S., that's six credit hours. That's one yeah. year of work. You put yeah. one year into it, and you get one year of work. We don't wow. curate anybody up yeah. from the bottom. Like this is not like a process where you filter and everything else. No, you're in, and and, and we're here for this, and we're gonna, um, yeah. we're, you're gonna, you should walk away from it exactly putting in the same time that you would for the principles or the beginning course in economics. Um, you know, b like both semesters, and and you 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 put it out just in the in the same way that college does. So it makes a big difference. I mean, kids walk away with a semester of credit or, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, That's I mean, I, I don't look at it like everybody's like, you know, does the grade really matter? Oh, yes, it does. Yeah. The grade matters because well, your three worth... is useful to, no, your one or your two is useful to nobody. Your three is useful to very few schools. Your four, maybe, but you're, you're really in it for the five. Yeah, you get a five, it's like you just saved yourself yeah, five ten thousand dollars, exactly. and of course you don't have to take first year. Yeah, so it's like that. Yeah, that's like real world. I, top that, there. You know, that, that's what I love. I'm discovering all of these, and yeah. just like, oh, it makes so much yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, I, I mean, it's not something it's like number, there's right? more yeah. flexibility in other classes around stuff like that, but there's zero flexibility in in AP. You guys got a, a good, maybe a, a good market here. You start getting people their fives through your videos and. So, okay, that worked for you, and then you decided to just join forces with them and like, producing the videos? Well, originally, I was working sort of on using what I'd learned in the class 
uh, in like basically using economics to sort of uh, do projects in my other classes. For example, there was a research project where I used uh, lots of the macroeconomic stuff that we learned to sort of analyze climate change and stuff. But once uh, I sort of like felt more comfortable using uh, economics in sort of like day-to-day uh, -day life sort of, then Ms. Hernandez and Ms. Alina sort of approached me and asked me whether I would sort of help them out with the videos and give sort of like a student perspective. So we, we recorded the intro portion to Econic and then we recorded the first episode with just Ms. Alinas and, and myself and it was very scripted and we typed out every word and so after we edited that with the help of Jorge Colunga and the digital arts folks, um, we came back and said, okay, we showed it to the students, what do you guys think, give us some feedback. And one of the things they said was, well, it looks kind of scripted. Um, <laughs> so we thought, okay, what can we do to, you know, so we don't sound like robots standing up there and like we're more yeah. engaging. And um, one of the things that we thought of was, oh, well, let's bring in Santiago because he's very animated and, and I feel passionate about um, anything that he sets his mind to, whether it be robotics or economics or research. And that's how we invited him in. So he will appear in our second episode. Mm -hmm. uh, it's interesting to hear the growth because we also uh, struggled with the same thing with our <laughs> podcast. We, we, we first did very scripted podcasts, and then when we'd listen back, we're like, wow, that just doesn't sound mm -hmm. natural, and it, it was kind of choppy when we'd edit it. And so now we prefer, and we're still working on it, but we prefer like a more of an open storytelling like this rather than being very scripted. So... Yeah, I don't know if you want you to add something. Yeah, well, Jose, you were asking about at the beginning how we're different from the other YouTubers that are out there. And we um, purposefully set out, I think, like I said, I think the guy who is out there doing uh, ACDC economics, uh, Jacob Clifford, does a great job at what, he, what his niche is. And we're saying, well, what needs is he meeting and what needs is he not meeting? And so we, we thought that it would be easier for kids to, to kind of jump into economics as in the form of a story, right? It tells a story. So uh, we changed up our approach in the spring semester. We did an intensive deep dive into all five units right at the beginning. We, did, we gave three weeks to that. And, and then we took the rest of the time to like recycle back into those units so that the kids would hit the content multiple times during the semester. The other thing that we thought was missing is, uh, is exactly what Santi uh, provides us with, which is a student perspective. How do you look at, um, we, we think about the, what we want to communicate in a certain way, but how do kids precisely, be, like these generations of kids, think about and receive information and what's useful to them? So that became kind of a, um, a, a way to communicate across um, like an interdisciplinary approach to um, to the to the topic to the material, and when Joelle mentioned the work that we did with uh, Jorge Colunga and the digital arts, there was multiple groups of students also giving feedback into how visually do you want to look at stuff? What is the way that we can talk about stuff that's useful? And um, how can we get feedback from kids so that we're constantly curating to what is useful to them. I mean, I think that's what was really driving us through the whole process. So your, your audience is still your class at this point. You want them, is there 
a point where you want to extend this or 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 is a project that is based on ASFM and your current curriculum? I, I think that we're developing this content and I think one of the great things about it is that we we have our, our audience right there in front of us and we get to see them every day and we know them very well after we've spent a year with them. And but yes, I mean putting it out there, you know, on a broader platform would be our goal so that more and more students would be able to see this and, and use it in their classes or more teachers mm-hmm. could take it and use it in their classrooms. It's a universal content it's like it, it could help yes. many other classes as well. Exactly. I'm curious about the technical side of it and like how you go from, okay, here's a topic in the textbook to creating that, you know, interesting video that millennial or young, I guess, what is your generation called now? Uh, Gen C, I think. Gen C, all right. Oh, uh, so that Gen C will, <laughs> will consume it, find it interesting. And like, so what does that, I guess, process look like? Jorge did a lot of creative stuff behind this because we had Kalunga because we had some ideas a digital arts teacher and he's on that on the technical side of it we had some ideas what we know is the content and stuff that kids need to know for the exam okay that in 9 years of teaching it is is really solid but what we wanted was a fresher approach to be able to um, to deliver that and he came at in right from the beginning with a lot of ideas that we're going to do an intro this way. He gave us um, the, the pop-ups that came in to uh, throughout the video, um, at, like a cartoon or digitalized version, version of ourselves that, um, th- that he put out there. He, he mixes it up, and um, maybe Santiago can speak to this a, a little bit better, in ways that it's not just a person standing in front of a whiteboard drawing graphs and explaining an idea. So he really was somebody that, you know, we said, you take the lead on that and, mm-hmm. and let us know what to do. Okay. Yeah, we really took a backseat to the technological aspect of putting a YouTube video together. Um, the digital arts students created that, that fly-in of the iconic and the sound, and they do all of the, the graphs that appear, and they created our avatars, and... We've really done nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, as far as that. But, but that's very interesting. I think also that Corey and I had a similar approach. Um, while we were recording maybe our second or third episode, we, we said, like, well, first of all, we're definitely not experts in all the areas that we want to try to just tackle. And second, we felt much more comfortable when we asked the question and somebody else will take the man and say, like, give us the real story or there's things behind it. And I think that that's very interesting in the way that you're doing it, that uh, let's say, for instance, uh, or next, the next episode that you guys were mentioning with Santiago, how many people were involved in that episode? There's you two creating a content, there's Santiago doing... I sort of like uh, help distill it down to what... Uh, in the short term, people should know and how it relates to the bigger picture that Ms. Salinas and Ms. Hernandez sort of paint about economics. And in terms of production, how many people were involved? Are they teachers? Are they students? Or... Both, it, both teachers and students. So Mr. Colunga would film us and then it, I'm assuming he works with the students on putting it all together. Like, <laughs> behind the magic. He does the magic. The <laughs> yeah. 
his class for sure, and I don't know how many of his classes work directly on, on the stuff that we're putting out, but then we put it out to our classes as well, you know, what, what worked, what didn't work. We're trying to evolve, and I'm sure you guys had the same thing of, you know, what is each episode going to look like, um, mm -hmm. and what is everybody's role in that, and how can we, um, how can people understand what we're trying to do, what's a sort of general format. The contents change, but how how are people going to yeah. understand the content through a general format? Figuring out your formula, yeah, and and your voice too. Like trying to trying to. I think that's important. Um, I was going to say. I think I think it sounds like this could be enhanced through next year's production studio that's that's coming. So definitely, we are excited about that. I never fully realized that this was cross curriculum between two different classes. One of the things that we're trying to tackle. In, I think in the school, but in real life, just like merge disciplines that can create a better product. Definitely looking forward to be using that studio next year to enhance what we're already achieving. I have a question. It might have come out already, but we always ask people this question. Well, what, are, what have been the biggest challenges in doing a project like this? You know, taking something that's be dry from a textbook. <laughs> we love it say, with our whole hearts. <laughs> but, but turning it into something like in, engaging and, and people just want to like consume it. Like what that's challenging. So I'd just like to hear. I think for me the biggest challenge has been the time behind it um, and that it's taken a lot longer to produce the episodes than we expected. Um, at the beginning of the semester we were like oh yeah we're going to have all this done by the end of the year and you know we're only on our second episode. Um, so that, for me, was kind of shocking. Um, we, relying on other people to provide, so we've got another student who is uh, creating, so there's a model, the circular flow model in economics that we use to represent, it's one of the biggest models. And we, we needed a good model drawn out, so we went to um, one of Ms. Alina's students who was great in art, and he was like, oh, I can draw that for you. And so coordinating between him, and then he would pass the, the art content over to another student who, um, Martinez, who he takes the, the content and then creates the animation behind it that we need. And then we do the voiceover recording. And so kind of all of those pieces were... Mm -hmm. Just very time-consuming. Yeah, we try to play in the strengths of, of kids that we found in other classes, for sure. And bringing all that together was was a challenge. But we, we're lucky in that you, you have a bunch of kids go through your classrooms. You start to see what, what kids can do. I teach another class of creativity and product design, kids in entrepreneurship, that would never take an AP class. But they totally have strengths in areas that we could use in, in terms of this project. So it was also a process of reaching out to them, getting them on board. Um, I... For me, the most difficult thing, the biggest challenge, is the fear of getting yourself out there on uh, something like, uh, you know, YouTube, because I'm not used to that. That's not something that comes naturally to me. The whole thought of technology, very intimidating. But um, learning how to like trust the process and uh, reach out to people in their individual strengths, and we are lucky that the people that that we reached out to were very generous with their time um, and with their talent to be able to, to, you don't realize what goes behind, you know, 
always these these bigger projects and everything. And it's a it's a simple thing that we're trying to do, but we're really trying to meet a need that we've identified in our own students and I think AP economic students everywhere. They're all trying to figure out how to to tackle this big and intimidating exam. And and so it's it's great to be able to share something out that out there um, that that was the process of like again like really trying to be empathetic with, with what are the needs out there and trying to meet them. Any challenges on the student end? It was, I guess, a bit challenging to sort of uh, integrate all the different sort of products, like uh, uh, Mr. Lansom is setting us up said, because obviously what, uh, what was the goal at first for this project was sort of as a better uh, learning tool for the actual uh, long term. And so using sort of the animations, the uh, first person sort of talking and using uh, charts and everything, those are sort of like the three different aspects that each have their own strengths but also their own weaknesses. And so while many others sort of focus just on one, for example, Mr. Clifford is very uh, first person and he sometimes uses some charts. There's Canon Academy which only uses charts. And so uh, sort of integrating all three of these different aspects to actually uh, give both visual, audio, and uh, sort of any type of learner a way to actually understand the videos was, I guess, the best, the, the biggest challenge. But obviously, it was where most of the value from the video actually comes. Well, in in the spirit of this being kind of a close-up uh, episode for the first season, I I think that this is precisely what Corey and I kind of set up to do to discover the learning that goes inside and outside of the walls of the school that is not necessarily curriculum or, or, or based on a grade, but it's just something that is inspiring at, at a personal level. And then you discover there's other people that can help it make it bigger. And, um, and, and that is the particular education and learning that we really are drawn to. And uh, don't, you know, like, don't feel bad if we, our first episode, uh, we, we wanted to have, like, students making the music, we wanted to be done with teachers, we started doing all this research, and, like, it took us an entire school year to produce just the first episode, an entire one. And based on that model, we decided to, like, adapt, change some things, and, and now we're finishing yeah. the season, but it's, uh, yeah... Figuring out that formula and, and structure, I think, helps speed things along, and then you know what exactly you need to ask from those students, and, but mm -hmm. it sounds really cool. I think it's one of those things that trying a project like this um, is that can energize your teaching all the way around. Mm. It is something that really tunes you into what are the unique talents and strengths of kids that are going through your classroom every day, and I really had a feeling of um, being able to tap into that because kids are out there doing amazing things. Um, we say it, but, um, but we value it in a project like this, where kids come in, um, this is not something for a grade, like you said, Jose, this is, uh, this is you being able to work deeper in the stuff that you really like. So um, that, that's an exciting thing, and, and it is a lot of work. It's, it's much more time than I imagined, but it's one of those things that fills you with energy and purpose, and when you see something like that, you're like, okay, that's where I need to spend more of my time. This is a good thing to, to bring out and to encourage. I mean, I think it validates the kids. It validates their learning. It, it flattens out stuff, and you realize, okay, people, there's different people who are just awesome. for this. And we have a great store of talent around us that often goes ignored.
you know, it aligns well with again I think Jose already said this what we're trying to do with the podcast and we it, it comes up every time we interview people mm-hmm. is that you f- usually find people that are passionate so like the robotics thing you can hear it in their voice when they talk about it right that they've found something that that's like just it's, it's more than school <laughs> yeah it's more than like your typical class yeah it's something that they're passionate about and, and when you hear that it's like okay that's a gold that's, world. Yeah. I understand the value of like you know jumping the hoops like a class is like mm-hmm. it it is it is strength in different levels but yeah. supporting anybody a teacher a student any learner when he found his project or something that he wants yeah. to explore that's when things yeah. start flourishing in a much yeah. broader way that's what what I like about working in a school and, yeah. and you know that's why we like making episodes about it. it's just like seeing that sparkle of people like well, oh I, makes, I believe in this I want to find out what happens it makes your job more fun yeah right? it does yeah. organizing all of this and putting it together and on those days you're like yes and look what you feel accomplished yeah that you've put something out there Santiago I thought your biggest challenge was going to you were going to say organizing your teachers <laughs> <laughs> I gave to say something it's being nice right now. <laughs> I <laughs> Another thing, like, we need to get more of them out. Something that happened yeah. for us that really helped us, kind of a formula, well, I would say two things. One, that we decided to, like, and we're a smaller group of people, but we decided to have, like, a weekly or two bi-weekly meeting and try to, this is where we are, this is what we need to get done, right? Like, any production meeting. And the second thing that really helped us is knowing our content, because we know that we're going to have episodes that are going to be longer. Like your, your the example of what you guys are doing that has a lot of uh, digitalization and a lot of artwork and a lot of editing. Yeah. But then we compensated that with episodes that would be like, oh, this is very simple, very, very much shorter, more straight up. So we kind of uh, like start doing like, oh, these are all the episodes that we want to record these ones were definitely going to be harder to produce, so let's start doing that. And in the meantime, we'll just do the small ones so we can yeah. edit the... Like, kind of creating that chart really helped us accomplish, like... Yeah, the weekly meeting helped keeping us on we our shows. We should schedule something like that. You guys, and, I got to run. I got yeah. another appointment. Thank you so much. But no, thank you guys. I mean, it's awesome to be able to talk about this and it's helpful to, like, also hear your experience like around the podcast yeah, yeah, because no. it makes you think about stuff it's like very similar like we're in the same process yeah, yeah what you need to do to bring this like an idea and I tell this to kids all the time it's only an idea until you execute something so I feel an enormous like responsibility to get better at this to produce content that is timely and that can really help kids and yeah that's what, that's what you want ultimately you know well, now, and, now all, of our, all of our eight listeners are going to be you know, banging on the door, where's your next Yeah, Yeah, you can like, you can subscribe. Hard to see yourself on camera, man. I'd rather podcast and not have to There's a reason why we're using a mic. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for listening. That was episode 10, The Iconic Project. I particularly like about this episode the idea of exchanging notes with fellow producers and um, being invigorated by a project that maybe is born in our school but is definitely 
falls in the category of what we call beyond the bell. It just takes a life of its own. Yeah, and and I think for me, I'm going to take the kind of teacher end of it, and just teachers willing to change the way they they teach, how they deliver content to students based on what the students kind of are wanting and demanding. So that was uh, that was episode ten. Thanks a lot for listening, and we'll see you next season. Thank you.